give the Lord some praise. Woo! Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Woo, he's so good. Amen and amen. Why don't you guys all find your seat? It's so good to be here in the house of God. My name is Pastor Griselda. Pastor Joe and Nancy are out of town. They are at the Mardi Gras missions trip, and I have the honor of bringing forth the word to you. This morning, we're going to be talking about walking in the fear of the Lord. But before we get into that, I want to share with you a little bit about who I am. Um, I gave my life to the Lord here in this church 12 years ago, going on 12 years. I was 21 years old, so don't do the math. <laughs> I was 21 years old. And, man, I can't believe how time flies. You know, I still feel like just yesterday I sat in those rows and God changed my life. And I came here an unbeliever, not saved, living in the world, had a boyfriend, just, just out there, you know, loves clubbing. I was a good person, but I just was not living for God, and I didn't care to live for God. I, you know, I just, the Bible says, a fool says in their heart, there is no God, and I was such a fool, because it was out of convenience that I said I didn't believe in God. But I had a praying sister, amen, anybody have a praying sister, praying family member, she was praying for me. The church was praying for me. And one day I came here and the Holy Spirit began to move. And there was a man who was preaching the gospel. And he began to just minister, to, you know, about living for Jesus. Simple gospel message. And he came up to me in front of everybody just like this. Like I'm looking at Carol and Carol's getting a little bit uncomfortable. Right. And he begins to just tell me things about my life and personal things about me. You're not in school. You're going to go to school. You're going to finish school. Um, he, he began to talk about my relationships with men and, well, guys, right? Um, and he said, no man is ever going to love you the way that God loves you. And just deep, just like to my heart, I'm like, I don't know you. Like, stop talking to me right now, please. I was very sassy. Um, but God changed me that moment. The gospel message that he preached hit home because I knew that the God that this man was preaching about was real. Because the God that he was preaching about, this Jesus Christ who came down to take my sin, knew me personally. He knew the sin. He knew my business. And that day I surrendered my life to the Lord here at this church been serving the Lord 12 years, got married here, went to Bible college here, amen, raising up my three beautiful children in this church, and there's my awesome husband right over there, Bertle, for those of you who don't know him, man of God. So God is good. If he can do it in my life, he can do it in your life, and it's just what happened that moment, the fear of God hit me, because this God knows me, right? So the fear of God hit me, and so ever since you know, I've been living for the Lord, I do walk in the fear of God. I do... Um, want to live a pure and a holy life before him because I don't want to stand before him one day and he, you know, hold me accountable for the sin in my life, hold me accountable for actions, hold me accountable for words, careless words that came out of my mouth because I thought of him as far away. But in reality, God is so close and he's so near to us. And one day you and I will stand face to face with him. Amen. And so this is a beautiful church. Pastor Joe and Nancy are amazing. They've dedicated their lives to raising up disciples. They are right now in New Orleans. If you guys have caught Pastor Joe on the live, man, he is living the dream, just preaching, 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 and some fishing and some preaching, right? And he just wants to declare truth into this generation that is so anti-truth. It is so demonic how truth is now being twisted 
and lies are being exalted above the word of God. Our nation was established on biblical worldviews. And the reason why our nation is going down the path that it's going down, it's because we don't want to take the Bible as a foundation anymore. You and I, we can turn on the news and we see of all these laws and legislations that are taking place and, and politicians that are speaking such demonic things over us and allowing things to happen and we're saying, what in the world is happening? This is so twisted. I feel like I'm living in the twilight zone. Like, what is happening? How do you not understand that that human being inside a womb is a person? How are we arguing back and forth and establishing if, if an infant is a person? It doesn't make sense. You and I, we have common sense. We have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And we know what truth is. But right now, the world does not know what truth is. crazy that we're raising up our children in, a, in this life. It's crazy that we have to be able to tell our children, you are a boy, you are a girl, you don't get to pick and choose what you are. God has ordained it already. It is ridiculous that, that we have men running in women's competitions and, and these men dressed up as women are beating the women. Why? They're winning these com competitions because a man is not made like a woman, and a woman is not made like a man. It's common sense. But if dare we speak this out, we'll get crucified. Dare we preach out truth, common sense, even if you're not a Christian, you would understand that this is truth. We will get persecuted. And that shall not be here, not on our watch, MPI. So our church is dedicated to raising up disciples. We're, we're here to teach you the word of God. We're here to teach you sound doctrine. We're here to help you be bold. I'm not a bold person. And I actually, yesterday, I had a pretty much of a meltdown because I knew I had to speak in front of you. <laughs> okay? But what does MPI do? Raises disciples and says, even if you are afraid, you do what God has called you to do. Even if it's scary to speak out into this generation, you do what God has called you to do. So church, you have a good church. You have great pastors and you have great leaders who are here to lay down their lives for you. But guess what? We can teach you all these things. We can take you through the 101 book, the 201 book. But you and I, we have to walk in the fear of the Lord each and every day. We don't look at people who are not saved and look down upon them. Because they're not saved and they're living in sin. No, we say, here, let me help you up and let me help you with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And we have to walk in the fear of the Lord daily in everything that we do. Because let me tell you, a Christian in sin is useless to the kingdom of God. A Christian that is walking in compromise is useless to the kingdom of God. And what God wants to do in your life will not come to pass if you do not fear the Lord daily. Fearing the Lord on your workplace. Fearing the Lord in your home. Fearing the Lord as you're raising your children. Fearing the Lord as you're taking care of your finances. You and I, we have to fear the Lord from the moment we wake up to the, the moment we go to sleep. And what does that mean? We're walking around like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. 
you know, I'm so afraid, I fell, I'm so afraid, I sinned, I'm so afraid, I can't make a mistake. No, that's not what the fear of the Lord is. First of all, for the believer, the fear of the Lord is an awesome thing. The fear of the Lord is standing back and worshiping him and understanding his goodness, understanding his majesty, understanding that he is a consuming fire. The fear of the Lord is a good thing. But for those of us who are living in sin and compromise and we're about to start backsliding, the fear of the Lord means judgment. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 10, 26, if we deliberately keep on sinning, there is no sacrifice left for us but a fearful expectation of judgment. Brothers and sisters, if you're in sin today, the Bible says there's nothing more that Jesus Christ can do for you. He already gave it all for you. Get right with God. And then it goes on to say in verse 31, it says, what a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. You and I, we don't have to be there. We have the word of God inside of us. We have the truth inside of us, and we can live pure and holy before him. And when you're right before God, you can do what he's called you to do. Amen? When you're right with God, you have power and you have authority to go out and declare truth into this world. Amen? Awesome. Let's turn to our Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 1 through 14. We're going to talk about King Solomon. King Solomon was an awesome man. King Solomon went through some things, right? He was the son of David. He was a king over Israel, and he was a man full of so much wisdom and knowledge. God came to him in a dream, and God said, what would you like? And King Solomon, instead of asking for riches, what did he ask for? Somebody shout it out. He, shot, he asked for wisdom and to lead his people. He said, God, you've given me this people. I'm a young man. I need wisdom to lead them. God gave him some commands. He said, if you follow my commands, if you stick to my statutes and my ways, I will never depart from you. You will always have a place in this kingdom. But how many of you know it? That doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what title you have. It doesn't matter what position you have in this life. Sin is going to come knocking at your door. Temptation is going to come knocking at our door. And so here is what happened to King Solomon. King Solomon grew up, and he, he began to acquire much wealth, many horses. He, he began to uh, acquire many, much land and build relationship with other nations. And here's what happened to him. It says, King Solomon, however, loved many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughters. Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites. They were from the nation about which the Lord had told the Israelites, you must not intermarry with them because they will surely turn your heart after their gods. Nevertheless, Solomon held fast to them in love. He had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines and his wives led him astray. Let me stop there. It matters who you marry, doesn't it? It matters who you allow into your life, doesn't it? I've heard it said that the, the person you marry is either going to be the greatest blessing or the greatest curse in your life. You and I decide who that is. And then it says, nevertheless, Solomon surely held fast to them in love. Where am I? He had, where? I, go back. <laughs> As Solomon grew old, okay, everybody say he grew old. His wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God as the heart of David his father had been. 
He followed Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. So Solomon did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He did not follow the Lord completely as David, his father, has, had done. On a hill east of Jerusalem, Solomon built a high place for Shemosh, the detestable god of Moab, and for Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. He did the same for all of his foreign wives who burned incense and offered sacrifices to their gods. The Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. Although he had forbidden Solomon to follow other gods, Solomon did not keep the Lord's commands. So the Lord said to Solomon, since this is your attitude and you have not kept my covenant and my decrees, which I have commanded you, I will most certainly tear the kingdom away from you and give it to the one of your subordinates. Nevertheless, for the sake of David, your father, I will not do it during your lifetime. I will tear it out of your, the hand of your son. Yet I will not tear the whole kingdom from him, but will give him one tribe for the sake of David, my servant, and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen. Last verse, then the Lord raised up against Solomon an adversary, Hadad the Edomite from the royal line of Edom. Amen? Wow. It's a sad story, huh? It's a sad story to see what had happened to Solomon, one of the wisest men, the wisest man to walk the earth. To have so much privilege, to have had lived under his father David, who loved God. What happened to David? David fell into sin, but guess what? David got back up again. He repented and he kept going. Amen? But Solomon stopped doing what God called him to do. And not only did he sin, but then he continued in a lifestyle of sin. And he began to build altars to these gods. How dare he? How dare he think that he could serve God and other gods, serve God Almighty, the God of Israel, and then turn his heart to other gods for whatever reason, whether it was for political reasons, but the word does tell us that he loved those women of other nations, right? Maybe it was his weakness, and he gave into it. And lastly, why is it sad? Because he lost his legacy. He lost what was supposed to be for him, what he was supposed to leave for his children, when I am tempted to sin, when I am tempted to live a lifestyle of sin in my heart, whether it's bitterness, offense, jealousy, or fear, I think about my children. And I think about if I quit now, if I give in to this root of bitterness now, if I give in to jealousy and continue to live this lifestyle of sin here in my heart, it's going to continue brewing and, and I am going to lose the legacy that I have for my children. There are little ones that are watching. There are little ones who are looking up to us, and they're saying, I want to follow you, but you and I, we set the example. And so what Solomon did is he lost his legacy. He lost his reputation. He lost um, what he was supposed to do for God. And then what happened? Solomon had experienced a lot of peace in his time. It was the time where Israel had the most peace around him, around them. And then what began to happen once he allowed sin into his, his life, God was raising up adversaries. God was raising up uh, trouble and turmoil around him. And so let's apply this to our life. Number one, how do we keep from becoming Solomon's? Because we can't look at him and say, hey, I am better than you. I would never do that if I was in your position. No, we all have uh, uh, the flesh, right? We've been born again. We have a new spirit, but we have this flesh that sometimes desires sin. How are we going to keep walking in the fear of the Lord years later when we are old. 
It said Solomon was old, right? As a young child, he served God. He pleased God. But as he was old, he turned away from God. When you and I, when, when 12 years for me turns to 24 years, how am I going to still keep serving God? I have to remain in the fear of the Lord. That means I have to obey his commands. And how are we going to do that? We need to keep a vibrant relationship with God. You and I, we need to pray. We need to read our Bibles. We need to come to church. And we cannot take these things lightly. We need to get on our knees and seek God and hear from him because you can't just get it from your one-on-one leader. You can't just get it from your Pastor Joe. No matter how much fire that man has, it's not enough for all of us. Amen? We got to have our own fire and our own desire to love and serve God. And it's going to come on our knees when we meet with him in our devotional times. And there is no excuse for us not to do it. We have Bible apps. Amen? We got YouTube. All right? They'll read the Bible to you. And if you can make time to open up your Facebook app, you can make time to open up your Bible app. Come on. It's, it's as simple as that. We're filled with so many reasons and excuses of why I don't pray and why, you know, I'm so busy and I have three kids. And you can ask my, my child who's talking over there. You can ask him how I, I do my devotional times. I do it with my two-year-old crawling all over me. You know, I do it as I'm, I'm holding my, my uh, five-month-old as I'm nursing him. I do it, and I do it, and I have to do it because if I don't do it, it's not pretty. And if that, you know, if I continue in that way, guess what? I begin to stray away from God, and I begin to forget what his word says and what he wants my character to look like in front of my children, in front of my husband. We have to remain and have that vibrant relationship with God. If you guys have gone through the one-on-one -on -one book, you know that's the, one of the first things you have to do. I don't care how much you come to church. You're not praying. You're not reading your Bible. You're not growing. Amen? You're not hearing from the word of God, you know, and it's showing. It's going to show, right? And so we need to maintain that vibrant relationship with the Lord. Psalm 34 verse 15 says, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry. When we cry out to the Lord, the Lord is there. He's listening, and he's ready to answer us. He's ready to hear from us. Number two, in addition to keeping a vibrant relationship with God, we need to always understand eternity. We need to always keep our eyes on, on what is eternal. We can go, get so distracted with what's going on here in this world. We can get so distracted with what's in front of us, but we need to remember that this life is temporary, guys. The Bible tells us that, it says, Lord, teach us to number our days. The days that we are here, they're so short. They're so short. They're here today. They're gone tomorrow. I can't believe how fast my children are growing up. I can't believe it's already been 12 years that I've been serving the Lord. If you look at your life, you might say, how did I even get here? They're so fast. But an eternity is coming. Eternity is coming. Every single day, you're one step closer to eternity. So are you living for this life or are we living for what's eternal? The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 4, 17, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal. Amen? And so number three, what we have to do to always fear the Lord is remember that everything that God is doing in us, we need to let it go through us. Amen? So that we would leave a legacy where you are remembered as being faithful. So going back to that legacy. Got to keep a vibrant relationship with God. We got to keep our eyes on what is eternal. And we have to remember that what God is doing in us is going to go through us. And it's going to go on to the people after us. Amen. 
Proverbs 20, 26 says, Many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person who can find. Let it be said that our legacy is that we were faithful. As Solomon can look back to his father and say, My father was faithful. My father may have fallen into sin, and, and yes, that's a part of his testimony now, but he was faithful, and he, re he remained faithful to God. The Bible says we can look around, and it's very hard to find a faithful man. Will God look to you and say, you were faithful? Cynthia, you were faithful? Nayusha, you were faithful? And our children look back to us and say, you know what? My parents, they faced so many struggles. They faced hard times, but they were faithful to the very end. Let it be said that that was our legacy. And that is how we're going to be able to apply this lesson in our lives. In my personal walk with the Lord, I didn't always, you know, there was a moment in my, time, in my life where I fell into sin. And I lived in compromise. And it was such a horrible time in my relationship with the Lord. It was a short time, but it was such a tormenting time for me. And it wasn't until I confessed my sin and I confessed my hypocrisy to God and to my pastors that I was able to sense a release from the Lord. You know, there was the story of the prodigal son when he comes back and he says, you know, he comes to his senses and he says, I sinned against God and I sinned against my father. So when we sin, we don't just only sin against God, we also sin against each other. We sin against those that we are in covenant with. And so when I fell into sin, I knew immediately what I needed to do. And it was the fear of God that was trying, a fear of man that was trying to keep me from not being open and honest with what was going on in my life. And so when I was finally able to be open and honest and, and allow that, you know, fear of man to leave, I, I sensed the release from God and the forgiveness of God came. God is so merciful to us, guys. If we find ourselves in sin and we find ourselves in a place where we have fallen, we can get back up again. The Bible says, though a righteous man falls seven times, he gets back up. Amen? We do not want to be said that we lost what God had for us here. We want to keep our legacy. We want to be faithful. We want to be men and women of God who fear the Lord. Proverbs 3, 7 tells us, fear the Lord and shun evil. When sin comes knocking at our door, we fear the Lord and we shun evil. When someone wants to come and gossip and talk to you about so-and-so, we say, no, I fear the Lord and I shun gossip. Men and women, when someone from the opposite sex wants to come and talk to you and tempt you and lure you, you're going to say, no, I fear the Lord and I shun adultery. When we want to be tempted to be liars and cut corners and lack integrity, we're going to say, no, I fear the Lord and I shun that. That will not be said of me. I am a man and a woman of integrity. We sense it. The Bible says that sin is crouching at our door, but we're not going to let it have a foothold in our lives. Amen? Amen. Proverbs 9.10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's a basis. It's a foundation that we need to have. It's the fear of the Lord. You want to have true wisdom? You want to have true knowledge? You have to fear the Lord. Proverbs 10, 27 says, the fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. We fear the Lord, we live a long, healthy life. You don't fear the Lord, you live a reckless life, amen? 
The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may avoid the snares of death. The fear of the Lord leads to life so that one may sleep satisfied, untouched by evil. In the fear of the Lord, there is a strong confidence and his children will have refuge. Come on. There goes that legacy. Proverbs 15, 16, better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and turmoil. Come on, you may not have much. You may not have a lot of wealth, but if you have the fear of the Lord, come on, that's going to go all the days. The Bible says that there's treasures in heaven waiting for us. Amen? And as, as we're talking about this, I want to take this time to invite the, the band back because what we're going to do is we're going to begin to pray. I know we're getting done early, and you guys are used to getting, we're used to getting out at 11. <laughs> Pastor Joe knew that I was going to say that. He says, this is going to be a record-breaking uh, experience here at MPI, and he thought you would be okay with that. But what we're going to do is we're going to take time to pray, and we're going to take time to invite the Lord here, that you and I would have the fear of the Lord established in our life, because guess what? I can go on and on about this. And you and I both know that there is sin that tries to come and tries to steal what God has done inside of us. But you and I know that we want the fear of the Lord. So if you've sinned, you know that this is a church that will love to help restore you and love to help you get back up again. If you've compromised, you know that we want to walk alongside of you and we don't want to shame you because that's not God. We want the fear of the Lord to be established on this life because on the day that you lay on your deathbed, you have a place in the kingdom of heaven. It doesn't matter how you started. It matters how you finish. Maintaining the fear of the Lord throughout your life, not just at the very beginning. You have to take it each and every day. And saying, Lord, I want to fear you. I want to love you. I want to adore you. And if I fall, I will get back up again. But I'm going to run this race for you, Jesus. I'm going to run this race and I'm going to leave a legacy behind me that those who come after me will know who you really are. Amen. Let's stand up to our feet this morning. The band is going to lead us in worship. If that's you, if today, if you, you know that you are in sin, you know that you've allowed some type of compromise, some type of lie in your life to have a stronghold, I want to invite you up here to the altar and I want to pray with you. Come on, there is no reason, there is no reason, there is absolutely no reason to remain living a lifestyle of sin when you serve such a good God, you serve such a gracious God, you serve such a loving God who's saying right now, today is the day of salvation, today is the day to get right. You do not have to see or experience any adversaries or any turmoil coming against you anymore because I am the Lord your God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's pray. We can have some brothers come right behind here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for mercy. We thank you for grace, Lord. Oh, we thank you, dear God, for opportunity after opportunity to get right with you. Oh, Lord. Fire of God fire of God. Lord, never again the same. Never again the same. Lord, I 